0: Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Philippians
1: chapter 3, verse 7. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. Paul writes, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And if you don't know what Paul went through, just go back and read about the things that Paul suffered, the sacrifices that he made just to stay serving the Lord. He said, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. And the reason that he counts them as rubbish is that he said, I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings. Being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. Anybody in the same boat that Paul was in? All you perfect people can go on home now. Go ahead and get your Easter celebrations started, gather with your family. But if you have not attained perfection yet, I welcome you to stay and hear the rest of this message. I promise you this, I'll be right here with you because I'm not perfected yet. I've not attained yet. Paul said, i have not already attained. I'm not perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of, Christ, of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Somebody hear me right now. Put your Bibles down. Somebody hear me right now. If you want to get ahead, if you want to move forward, sometimes you have to let go of what's behind. You're feeling some guilt today, you feel like some years have been wasted. If you feel like you've made some mistakes, it's okay. It's okay. But don't let that guilt and don't let that mistake keep you living in the past when God has a beautiful future for you. I feel the Lord in this place right now. I'm speaking to some people in this place today. You are bound by your past, and God is wanting to help you have a bright future blessed new future it is available to you i i rebuke the, the lies of the enemy that are trying to tell you it's too late that you're too far gone that you can never be fixed that you can never be helped i rebuke that in the name of jesus Christ. i take authority over that right now i want your heart and your mind to be open to the possibility that jesus christ can be the answer you've been looking for today Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I just want to preach that I may know him. And there's a lot that goes into that. <laughs> I've long been fascinated with people that have done things to change our world. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Uh, there are many things out there, shows and, and uh, series uh, out on the media that will... Uh, people will sit down and watch. I I remember being, um, I believe we were down in Florida one January after a Christmas season of working at Federal Express and and pastoring the church and Christmas banquet and the Christmas programs and everything that we have and the 100, 120-hour work weeks, the the couple weeks before Christmas time comes up. My wife and I would oftentimes take a week in january and, and just drive down to maybe Destin or gulf shores and and sit there even though it was usually too chilly to uh, to get out and do too much uh, we would just go down there sit in our condo made sure we had a place where we could see the ocean and just just look out at it and read and drink coffee and just decompress and, and one of those times uh, a couple of years ago i found myself getting wrapped up in this this um it, it was one of these um oh i series of shows about uh, how, where things came from and and this is going to make me sound like a real nerd but I got really really intertwined in this this series about uh, birds eye frozen foods <laughs> Now I've never given it much thought because I've just grown up right, going to the grocery store and opening up the refrigerators or the freezers, or reaching in, grabbing whatever I wanted to. but you know, uh, this was something that came on just not too too long ago, and I watched how all this was created and the minds that went into it and the struggles that they had, and you know I, I like I like, and I'm fascinated by people that have done stuff that have really changed our world you know their stories their beginnings what what they went through how they accomplished certain things how they managed to make it work and and once they got it up and running how so many other people caught on and and you know some are inventors that have changed the world some are philosophers that have changed the world with with their way of thinking some are simply men or women that have had an idea who decided to put that idea into motion and and it just grew from there. And how many times do do we see just everyday things of life that we take for granted but uh, that were maybe 100, 150 years, something that nobody had ever even thought of, but the world could use?
0: You may not give too much thought to it right
1: now in early April, but... In a couple of months, you're going to be glad that Willis Carrier was standing on a train platform back in the early 1900s, and and he 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 figured out how to create the first air conditioning unit. See, you hopped in your car today, and it was a little chilly this morning. You didn't think much about it, but but if it gets a little bit warm in here, we're such creatures uh, of, of comfort that that if it gets a little too stuffy, we'll turn the fans on. But if that doesn't do it, we'll go turn the heat, the, the cool on. We'll, if it gets a little too chilly, we'll turn the heat on. We want to make sure that everybody is comfortable. <coughs> We've got that man to thank for that. Hop in our air-conditioned cars, come to church. I can remember going to church with no air-conditioning. I can remember that. And I can remember the reverse of that when, when we were in the little cheese shop in Highland and, and it got so hot in there because we had 80, 85, 90 people stuffed into a, a building that was not much bigger than this platform. I mean, literally, we were jammed in that little place that probably could comfortably seat about 30 or 35 people. And we were pushing 80 and 85 people. And I told I remember telling the pastor one day when we were there, I said, I guarantee you we are the only church in town in the middle of January that has the windows cracked so that we can cool ourselves down.
0: Got so hot in there. Anybody know
1: who Edna Murphy is? Doesn't ring a bell. You're going to thank her when I tell you who she is. You're going to remember this name. She's part of the reason why we can jam ourselves in here with a shoehorn like we have today, sit side by side, shoulder to shoulder, all the kids getting up, moving around. Some of those have been worshiping. I'm sure you've broken a sweat today, but you don't go back and and, and worry about what you smell because Edna Murphy, she's the one that commercially started selling Anna Persper. She is the first person that came up with the good old—I don't know if it was a speed stick. Or, it was called Mum, actually M-U-M. Mum. She began to sell that. Now, before that, what happened? People just went around. It was the Victorian era, uh, era. You know, people just went around and, and they tried to get themselves clean, and they—they they tried to do different things, and they—they they, uh, to keep the perspiration from from getting on their clothing, but. But quite honestly, the best that they could do, and this is what they did, they just tried to cover it up with, with colognes and perfumes. We all know that don't work. If you're one of them people, if you're one of them people that says, I'll, I'll just spray a little cologne on for heaven's sake, for, for all of our sakes, just go take a shower and, and study Edna Murphy just a little while longer. We will all thank you. We now, we can stand in an aisle and take 15 minutes. I'll go there. I'm so confused when it comes to to deodorants. Well, number one, I'm not really confused. I'm just cheap. I don't like to spend a lot of money, and I try to find the best value. Oh, I can get a two-pack and save 75 cents. That's the one I'm going for. I may smell like I've been rolling around in pine needles for a week after I put it on, but I saved money. A lot of things have happened, especially over the last 100, 120 years, a lot of things have happened that have changed our world. You know, most everybody here probably got here in an automobile. Unless you live very close, you, you probably didn't walk, even though it's a beautiful morning for that. You hopped in your automobile and you drove to church. At some point, you probably crossed a, a set of train tracks someplace where, where trains, the, the system of trains that, that can haul stuff all over our nation. Uh, you crossed some train tracks someplace. There were trucks moving here and there. You've got a car in your driveway. You may not have realized, but somewhere up above, there's a jet flying overhead, leaving a stream uh, above you. And all of those things have happened, and we have men and women that we can look at and say, Thank you. For We're changing our world and making it a better place where we can travel and go and see things and do stuff.
0: Incredible people. Don't even get me
1: started on the internet and how world commerce is changing so quickly. Carrier, the Wright brothers, Henry Ford, all world changers, but none, none, none of them ever came close to changing the world like Jesus Christ did when he came up out of that grave. Amen. Nobody could change your life. I don't care how nice your car is. I don't care how many plane trips you can take. I don't care if you could own the train system. There is nobody that ever changed the world in a greater way than Jesus Christ when that tombstone was rolled away and he stepped forth and he broke every rule. He broke Everything about death that we ever knew, and he resurrected and changed everything. Paul, being the man of God that he was, spoke very clearly about how he felt about anything that would come between him and what he had found in Jesus. This is what he said. I'm going to use my own wording here. He says, When I stacked everything that I lost, everything that I suffered, all the things the nice things that i used to have back when they still called me Saul and i had some authority amongst my my, my peers and, and i had respect and people feared me if they if, uh, if they knew who i was they they showed me respect they got out of my way and all of the things that that he lost he had authority and power and 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 fame so to speak but when all those things were set aside he looked at what he had gained and he said Every- Everything that I lost, when I stack anything that this world offered me up against what I found in Jesus Christ, he said, when I compared what the world had to offer and I compared what Jesus had to offer, he he looked at what the world gave him and he said, it's all rubbish. It's all trash. If you stop and think about it, I don't care how nice of a home you live in, or a car that you drive, or how big your bank account is, one of these days, that's all gonna belong to somebody else. It's either gonna to belong to somebody else or wind up in a junkyard someplace, and the things that we that we strive for, and the things that we feel like we must have on this earth, amen. Somebody needs to understand that there are things that are temporal that are not worth trading in what is eternal. Jesus Christ is offering eternal life today. He's offering something that nothing can take it away from you. Everything that the world can give you can be taken away but he cannot be taken away. Would God that we would come to the understanding that what we have is so precious, what we have found in him is so powerful,
0: so undeniably not of this world, To God, we could see the value of living in the day and the hour that the Holy Ghost is attainable. It's not always been this
1: way, folks. It's not always been to where you could kneel down by your bed or be driving in your car, begin to pray, and God's Spirit would actually take up habitation inside of a human heart. It's not always been where. You could get lost in the spirit and begin to speak in a language that nobody taught you. and A lot of people in the world would look at that and say, well, that's just silly. That doesn't make any sense. No, it's supernatural. And once you receive it, it makes all the sense in the world. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But until you've tasted it, you don't know what you're missing. But you cannot take what I have found away from me because I experienced that power myself. First Peter 1 and 12, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us did they minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost, sent down from heaven. It's all nice and good, but I love this part right here. Which things the angels desire to look into. You know, we're fascinated by, by angels. I don't believe I've I've ever seen seen one, but we've had people here that have. We've had people that have come to me and s- said there was there was a a bright form that was back back here. Then I've heard different stories. I've never personally. I can't say that I personally have seen. And we're in awe of the angelic beings because they're they're heavenly and and God created them and they seem to have powers and they can just do whatever, but do you realize that the angels want to look into what you have been given the opportunity to have? I think it's kind of cool that I can make the angels jealous. I get down in prayer, and the Lord begins to move, and the next thing you know, I'm speaking in another language. Uh, uh, He's speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, And, and when I'm all wrapped up, I just want to look up and say, ha, bet you wish you could do that. The word of God says the angels desire to look into this thing that we have been given The angels are jealous of what you and I are able to have today because of that stone being rolled away. Amen. It's more life-changing than Amazon could ever be. It'll revolutionize your life more than Einstein's MC squared ever could. It's greater than quantum theories. Amen. It's greater than the next great invention. It's greater than anything in this world because all of those things are temporary. But that resurrection made something. Possible that it's going to last for all eternity, never ending, forever on and on and
0: on. Paul said that I may know him. I just want to know him. But he goes on to say, and the power of his resurrection. I want
1: to identify with that resurrection power. You see, Jesus wasn't the first one to be raised from the dead. He was just the first one to be raised from the dead that didn't die again.
0: You see that little girl that
1: was raised from the dead, that young man that I believe it was Elijah, raised from the dead? There are different cases. All
0: of those people, they, they were brought back to life. They were brought back from death. But there came a time when they had to die again. Jesus is the only one
1: who conquered death. Their death was just delayed his death was denied. And Paul said, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to be a part of. I want to know him but I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know what it feels like, amen, to to die once and never have to die again. I don't ever want to face it again. I want to know what it feels like to be resurrected and know that I'm never going to have to deal with a death again. I'm never going to have to suffer that again. body's never going to have to go through that again because that is the thing that we fear the most. We fear death.
0: Jesus conquered it. Paul said, I'm working on it. I've got some things I
1: need to still attain. I think most of us can relate to Paul and the fact that there's some things that we're still trying to work out in our lives, <laughs> some things that we'd still like to see done, some things that we're still trying to conquer, some traits, some fears, whatever it might be. You know yourself better than I do. I don't know what you struggle with, and you don't know what I may struggle with, but, but one thing's for sure. We all, while we're in this flesh, we have to fight certain things.
0: Paul said, I've I not figured out how to conquer everything yet. I've not yet attained it. What a great thing that would be. Maybe that was, maybe Enoch was okay, you know. Enoch walked with God, and then he just was not. God took him. for the rest of us we're still trying to work on some things
1: If you're still working on some things in your life just give me just a few more minutes of your time we'll go about our own daily business you can go eat your ham whatever it is that's waiting on you I'll go off and do another church service down the road about 30 minutes from here See, this gospel news, gospel message is the good news, right? It's a good news. I've not come to spread bad news today, although bad news travels fast. Somebody said bad news can travel around the world for good news can get out of the parking lot. A lot of truth to that, isn't it? Why is it we're so captivated with negative news? Oh! <gasps> Did you hear? Did you know?
0: This gospel message
1: is the good news. Calvary, the crucifixion, the spikes, the thorns, they were not in vain. There was suffering that was involved. Paul said, I, I, I need to partake in that as well. The power of the resurrection I've got to join into the suffering. I can't sidestep everything that happens. I can't step around the the thorns and the thistles. I can't step around the things that cause pain in my life. There are some things that just because we're living for God, they still hurt Bad news still makes its way into our lives. Phone calls come that we wish we didn't have to hear. Things happen in our lives sometimes. And God said, uh, Paul was trying to let us know, hey, listen, there's going to be some things that you're going to deal with, some things that you will suffer, but don't you forget this one thing. Everything you go through for Jesus' name is not in vain. There's coming a day when God is going to straighten everything out and all the crooked will be made straight and all the valleys and the hills will be made flat. All those things I just mentioned at the time didn't seem like good news. The disciples had a tough time with it. I'll never deny you, Jesus. For the rooster crows, you will have denied me not once, not twice, but three times. Not me.
0: They were having a tough time understanding what was happening. They didn't see the final outcome.
1: They only saw the suffering. They only saw the nails. They only saw the crown of thorns.
0: They only saw the cross.
1: They hadn't seen an empty tomb yet. Dark days come into our lives sometimes when if we look at it from this side of things, it looks like evil's going to win. You check the news, they will jam that negative stuff down your throat, and if you're not careful, you'll look around and you'll begin to see that as truth instead of God's word as truth.
0: I'm telling you how to survive in the world in which we live right now. Negative seems to rule the day. Bad
1: news seems to be forced and coming at us from every corner. You can't get away from it. And it seems like evil is gaining more momentum and more strength with every single day. And and we go forward and we keep pushing forward, but we feel the pressure. Somebody hear me right now. Amen. This is not the end of your story. Your story does not have to end in negativity. Your story does not have to end in defeat. Amen. Even though he was placed in a grave, he did not remain in a grave. And you may be in a place of darkness right now. And you may be suffering a a little bit, but it doesn't have to be the way that your story is finalized. One of my favorite scriptures, because I know how it goes sometimes. You feel like you've gone so far, it's like, how do I ever get back to where I was? How do I, how do I make up the, you don't have to, because Jesus Christ said that he can restore the years that the locusts have devoured. In other words, I believe that he can take you right from the point of where you're at and where you begin today in serving him and in no time flat, he can have you back in a place that you could never dream
0: you could be in him. When you feel like hope is lost, when you feel like, Suffering death is all around. Just keep reading.
1: Just keep writing your story. Paul said, maybe I haven't got it all figured out, maybe I'm not Mr. Perfect just yet, but I'm going to keep pressing forward. I'm going to keep moving forward. They haven't killed me yet. They've tried. I've been shipwrecked, I've been naked, I've been hungry. I've been in peril uh, amongst enemies. I've had friends betray me. He's got a list that'll make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Problems this way and that way. And was it because he had walked away from God? No. No, he was serving God as good as he could. He was giving everything to the Lord. Sometimes your afflictions are coming because your enemy realizes the power that you're walking in, and he's trying to destroy you from having your best
0: life. Just because you're currently in a dark place doesn't mean that you can be kept in a dark place. Paul said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection.
1: Do we need to repent? Absolutely. What is that? You're talking those Pentecostal words now. Listen, I'm just talking Bible words. Repenting is nothing more than just turning around. We'll get a little bit elementary for some of you guys here, but but there might be some folks in here that just need to know that. The first place that you started is just by going to God and saying, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it's got to be more than just an apology because we all know that uh, those of us that have that have had children in the past, we all we all know a child that says they're sorry to get out of trouble but doesn't really mean they're sorry. When you really repent when you're really sorry means you're not going to stick your hand back in the cookie jar after Mommy just caught you the first time.
0: True repentance says,
1: I know I was wrong, and I won't do it again. Yes, officer, I was speeding, but I won't do it again.
0: Not at least on this strip of town where you're at, and I know you're here. If we're just being honest.
1: Absolutely need to repent. That's where it all begins. That's how we relate to His death when we repent of our sins. He died. He was buried. Then He was resurrected. When we repent of our sins, we're just simply telling our old self, "I'm dying to that." That that's an old me. I'm starting something new and fresh with Jesus Christ, who has given me a second chance. Is it critical that we're baptized in Jesus' name? Yes, that's what the Word tells us to do. Why? Because it takes every sin that you've ever committed. Brother Christian, and you have just committed a lot of sin. <laughs> he admitted it right here. Hey, listen, we all have. Sin is sin i don't think god's got certain categories you know there's maybe a couple that he really 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 throws in you know like hey do this you have a millstone cast around your neck and thrown in the midst of the seas might as well do that but by and large sin is sin we categorize it god just calls it sin and and the sin is going to keep us lost and i don't want to be lost we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, wife for the remission of sins. What is that? The washing away of our sins. It's just that simple. This is that plain. If you've got a lot of things in your life, uh, you know, here's the thing. I'm trying to very quickly come to a close here. Here's the thing. You can begin to pick up one potato, and it doesn't feel like much, and then you pick up a second potato and put it in that pocket. It doesn't feel like much. And then you don't have any more pockets, so you grab a, a sack and you fill that With another potato and every day you add a potato to that sack and you just kind of become accustomed to carrying just a little bit more weight every single day and before you know it you're carrying around something that if you would have just thrown it all on you on that first day you wouldn't have lasted 15 minutes but because it's come upon you slowly you have adjusted to its weight
0: sin works
1: in much the same way we accumulate it over time. We don't realize how bogged down it has us living. We're carrying around some heavy weight. We're still able to move. We're still able to function. But God says, I don't want you to have to live like that. I don't want you to be baptized in my name. And when you go down a dirty sinner, you can raise up out of that a clean saint because all of your sin is washed away. Baptized a guy here one time, and he said it just that way. He was a big old fella. I barely got him down. Man, he was buoyant. I mean, he—we he, went to take him down, and and his shoulders were wide. And I thought, dear God, don't let me jam him in here, and not be able to get him out. I mean, he. We baptized him. Nobody died that day. We got him out of the baptismal tank he walked off down the street. The next service, he said, when I walked home, he said, I felt so light. I felt like I was floating down the sidewalk as I walked home. That's what being baptized in Jesus' name will do for you, my friend. I'm just trying to help somebody out here today. I'm just trying to give you an answer. I'm just trying to tell you there is hope because of an empty tomb. You don't have to walk around bogged down, weighted down with the sins of an entire life. When Jesus Christ says, I can wash those all away if you just take my name on in baptism.
0: Our music come today. I'm so glad he did not leave us
1: dead and in a grave. We identify him in baptism as burial. It's, it's a type of burial. We go down. That's why we baptize by immersion, because you don't just sprinkle a little dirt on somebody that you've laid in, into a, a burial plot. You cover them up, right? The word baptize is pretty much what it means to dip or immerse.
0: Puts him underneath.
1: We identify with his death when we repent. We identify with his burial when we are baptized in his name. Paul said, I want to identify with his resurrection. I want to walk in the newness of life. I want to feel like it's what it's like to be free from sin. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Seven times over the last 10 years, I have been in a hospital room just a few hours after one of my grandchildren has been born. Every once in a while, a picture will pop up. On my computer screen, I just have them kind of floating around. They just go from one picture to the next. And you know what it's like, Sister Ashley, to hold a newborn baby child. Mal, you've got one asleep in your lap there, just about a year and a half old. I mean, we got babies all over this place. Grandma Juby, they did a wonderful thing. It's awesome, isn't it? We were at a youth convention this last week, and I got to tell you, I'm getting. I I don't want to claim it, but I'm getting, I'm older than I used to be. The kids were down in the altar, man. I'm watching TJ worship. I'm watching Lucas worship. uh, We had a great time at youth convention. and, And we're sitting up pretty high on the one side there. And uh, I, I finally had to sit down. My legs were aching. I was like, man, I don't remember this concrete bothering me this bad for a long time. And, and, and Christian, a youth pastor, he, he's got one of, one of the, his children in his arms. He said, would you mind taking her, you know, taking Blakely, your granddaughter, you know? Would uh, you mind taking her? And, and I was like, I don't mind at all. Number one, she was asleep, so I didn't have to wrestle her. You know, that's a different story. They're so sweet when they're sleeping. I just sat down, I held her, and I thought back to the times that I, that I have been in that hospital room and I'm holding a, a, a brand new grandchild. I remember when I was my child, you know. Mallory, Landon, Morgan. That's it's Easton, and Bennett, Reddick, Blakely, Silas, Callan, Clarkson. Anymore, and I'm not going to promise you I can remember their names. <laughs> holding that little baby, I, I I remember Easton, the firstborn grandchild. Tubes all up his nose, attached to wires everywhere, It'd come a little prematurely, and I'm standing there holding this grandbaby in my arms, thinking, this is as close to God as I think I can get on this earth. That little child was laying in my arms completely helpless to take care of himself, but trusting, not even realizing what trust yet was, that somebody was going to feed him when he got hungry and somebody was going to change him when he got messy and somebody was going to take care of him and bathe him and and make sure all of his needs were met. No worries going through their mind, not even realizing how sick they were. Just alive, just resting, comfortable, feeling the warmth of a mother, or father, grandmother, grandfather's arms around them. Somehow I just know that, that that's a comforting feeling. And in my mind, that's the way That's the way that I feel about when God puts his arms around me. There are times when the world can be a cold and a dark place. Times when children are not treated with love and compassion. That breaks my heart. When they're not valued. When they are cold, when they are hungry but then they grow up to be adults. I would dare say that there are some people in here that are relating to what I'm saying right now and you're thinking, you know what, I still feel that way. I still feel uncared for. I still feel a little cold at times. I still, still worry about tomorrow, have trust issues. Would you stand with me today? I need you to know whether you do anything about it today, that Jesus Christ is your answer. Every problem that you're facing, every question that you have, I'm not here to tell you that he's going to answer every single question. And I'm not here to tell you that he's always going to tell you yes. I heard A preacher say this last week. He said, I've been more directed when my pastor told me no than when he told me yes. Sometimes God will say no, and it's not what we want to hear, but it's the best for us. Would you close your eyes and just bow your heads if you would? If you're here today and you're desiring to know what that feels like, just to know what it feels like to just just to rest in the arms of a Savior. To know what it feels like to be able to trust again. To know what it feels like to feel like somebody is going to take care of you I don't think any of us could ever believe that life would never have a heartache or a heartbreak. And the Lord didn't promise that either, but he did say that I will be with you. The worst thing in the world is to be alone in the midst of a crisis. And that's what Jesus Christ offers today. If you've never received the baptism of his spirit It's so life-changing. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, it's life-changing. Maybe today you're okay with your life, but just promise me this. If there comes a day when you're not, you'll remember this message, and you remember this preacher as he stood here and gave you the good news that there is an answer. There is a God that loves you. I wonder today, there might be some that would just want to gather in.
0: Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.